Welcome to the Morning Upgrade Podcast with Ryan Cote, where we feature casual conversations with entrepreneurs about personal development and growth. Hey, Seth, welcome to the Morning Upgrade Podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, Ryan. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk to you. So uh, for everyone listening, Seth and I are in the same mastermind group, Iron Sharpens Iron, like literally in the same group. We had our weekly call today. So we're very familiar with each other. I'm super excited to talk to you. You've got a book on gratitude. So it's obviously something we're going to talk about, and, you know, gratitude practice. Let's start this off like I do every every episode. Please tell my audience of Morning Upgraders who you are, which I kind of already did, but who you are, what you do for a living, and then uh, something you're grateful for. So uh, I am an entrepreneur by DNA. What I do today is I provide funds and I provide advice to other entrepreneurs to help them do their thing. So uh, that puts me in the role of a connector. And uh, so I have a a consulting practice. I have a finance business and I also do angel investing. Uh, But if I really pull all that back, I I connect people. And uh, that's one of the ways that you and I got to meet each other. And so did you say what would be a good win? A win or what you're grateful for, either or. What I'm grateful for. You know, I just had a fantastic week between Christmas and New Year's with the family. And I'm a grandpa now. I'm a young grandpa. You know, sometimes people tell me, you don't look like a grandpa. And then I show my bald spot. It's true. I'm a grandpa. I've got a a three-year-old grandson, Ollie, and a nine-month-old granddaughter, Georgia. And Georgia's at that age where she's really starting to connect. You know, she obviously doesn't have words, but... uh, just to be able to be around her for a long extended period of time. We all, we rented a house in the middle of uh, this resort area where there was snow. And then, you know, it's just one of those moments when you're like, this is the good stuff. And, you know, I actually unwound a little bit, which is not easy to do as an entrepreneur sometimes, as, as you know. And you're in a good spot because you've got, yeah, you know, you've got a good family. You've got, um, you've had success in business. Now you're at a point where you've got your kids have kids. And so you've kind of have like, you see it all and, and you're still young enough to enjoy it. You know, you're, if, if someone saw you, they'd be like, I can't believe you're, you're a grandpa, you know, so you're, you've got the, still the energy to, to enjoy it all. So that must be very exciting. You know, it is. And, you know, you mentioned gratitude and it's something that I, I think a lot about. I wrote a book partly about it, but um, you know, the danger for many entrepreneurs is we're so busy chasing what's next is we, we actually don't value right. and appreciate or protect you know, what we have. And so the challenge for me is always to make myself just really focus in on, Hey, listen, you, you actually have the things that you were striving for. Make sure to, you know, actually be present and engage, you know, so got a little bit of that done last week. So feel good about it. Well, let's go there. So I want, I want to hear about your morning routine, but we'll, we'll come back to that. So let's, let's stay on this, on this, uh, this topic about gratitude and being present. Cause I know it's something that I struggle with. And a lot of people do. I know how I address it or how I'm trying to address it, but how do you, as someone who wrote a book on it, like how do you, what what tips do you have for the entrepreneurs listening? Relative to gratitude or mourning? Relative to gratitude, related to gratitude. Yeah. You know, for gratitude, I I really think about, I think about motivation. You know, it's like, you know, one of the things about being a driven entrepreneur is often we don't struggle to feel motivated, but, but we, we misdiagnose what's motivating us. That was my observation. So for instance, a lot of us would be motivated by fear. Like, hey, if I don't make this happen, you know, my world's going to collapse. 
or in, in my case, I had to come to grips with the fact that I was really, uh, I had a lot of envy in me, despite the fact that I had more success than I ever thought I would have. I was still envious. And the truth is, there's always going to be somebody that has something more or at least different than we have. And if we don't get control of that, that quote unquote, that envy, I like to say, you know, nobody minds being told that they're ambitious because that sounds kind of honorable. But if you told somebody that they were envious, that would be offensive. But the truth is, a lot of us are motivated by things that aren't that aren't good. And, you know, so I found for myself, envy and, you know, fear of missing out. All these things were actually when I peeled it back, what was driving me and I kind of had to reorient. And, you know, I'm a person of faith. And so I feel like there's a lot of revelation that happened in that. And I I really feel like kind of God revealed to me that I just was not a grateful person. I was really driven, but I wasn't grateful. And I began to kind of do business with my motivations and kind of how I was viewing myself in this world. And short, short summary is I'm still motivated, but now it's a response. I can look at all the things I have and I can thank God for them. And then I can say, and in light of how good he's been to me, I'm going to act in these ways. I'm going to pursue business for these reasons. You know, I'm going to invest in my family for these reasons. And it becomes less around, I need to get more or I need it to be better or bigger or faster and and more about, hey, listen, I, I have a responsibility. I have an opportunity to respond to all these good things in my life. And so I kind of reframe the world and, and gratitude is is really the major way that I have been able to do that. Yeah, it's so hard not to compare yourself to others. I mean, I, I'm generally pretty good about that, but I, even I had a situation, you know, because we're in the mastermind together, yeah. but I had a situation not too long ago where I found myself comparing myself to some new friends we made in town that just moved in. And, uh, who man, it put me in a funk uh, the next morning. It was very hard to get out of bed, yeah. thankfully, because of you guys and just my general personal development. I was able to catch myself and, and realize what was happening. And so then I, yeah, I just leaned into gratitude and, and just kind of being present, recognizing what I do have. And there's no reason to feel this way. And I let myself feel the, that way for a little bit, but then I snapped myself out of it. And I agree the gratitude practice. I mean, I'm even trying yeah. to do it. Like I'll journal about it, but I, I I'm trying to make it a habit when I first get up, like when my eyeballs open up or yeah. my eyelids open up, I just start thinking about things I'm grateful for. before I get a bit. I start thinking about things I'm grateful for maybe like a minute, just a stream of consciousness. Yeah. And that's been an yeah. interesting experiment as well. So I call it pernicious about comparison is we always compare ourselves to people who have more. Like we don't compare ourselves to the people who have less than us or who are struggling. Or if you go to a yeah. third world country, which I've done many yeah. times, you know, we don't compare ourselves to those people because if we did, we would be waking up going, oh my goodness, you know, look at how good I am. Right. And it is, it's just a, it's a human nature thing. And, and the other side of it is once we get our arms around gratitude, we have to acknowledge that we're going to drift right back to our natural predisposition pretty quickly. I mean, gratitude will change us, but as you said, we still fall back into those old patterns and routines. Yeah. And what I love about gratitude is that's exactly how I bust myself out of that, that bad routine if I fall into it. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Let's go to uh, your morning routine, Seth. How do you start your days? Well, the first thing I try not to do is get on my phone. I'm embracing I have my phone near me, but I, I, I try to stay off of it unless it's blowing up for some reason. I get up at, at six-ish. I go to bed at 10. That's theor- roughly. That Theoretically, that gives me my eight, hour, eight hours of sleep. 
I, I sleep pretty well. When I get up, first thing I do is I head for coffee. I have a nice little espresso maker. I make myself a double espresso and a little bit of milk. And then I grab my iPad. I do some scripture reading and scripture memorization and try to do that five days a week. And then pretty much every day uh, I will work out and I'm able to work out before I really get into the the meat of the the day with meetings and all that. So I actually travel to my office where we've got a a fitness coach who comes into the office and and does it right there. So I do that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do another kind of workout and I'm kind of tweaking that. I used to work out in the morning, but now I'm going to start playing pickleball in the evening. But I'm kind of committed at this point. I'm going to exercise every day. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not super hardcore, but just as a way, I'm just better when I... Uh, get that heart rate going. So those are the things I'm consistent at. I'm adding something new to that, something that everybody's told me to do for 30 years, but I haven't done yet, which is take a look at my goals every day as well. And so uh, because I use the iPad for the scripture uh, reading and study that I do, I have moved all of my planning stuff into a digital planner. And so I can just easily go look at that, look at my goals um, and that's something that I've wanted to do for a while and probably made little, little progress on it in the past, but now I'm tracking it in a habit tracker, which is in that same little digital sheet. So yeah. that is my morning routine. I've been really consistent at it for me. I would say perfectly consistent, but I was probably batting 85% last year. I'm looking to get that number up. So why do you do it? If someone's listening to the, that does not have a morning routine, so to share why you do it, why, why is it worth doing? the morning routine for you? Yeah, I just think it's about being intentional. I mean, it's, it's, it's an expression of what's important to me because if we don't take control of our agenda, it just means we're living somebody else's agenda. And, you know, I think too often we do that. It kind of has a little bit to do with comparison. Like, like why are we measuring ourselves against other people? And then I would ask myself the same question of like, why am I just subject to everybody else's needs and are just rolling into the day willy-nilly when I have an opportunity to kind of set the direction myself. And so I, I don't know, I feel like it's a little bit around responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's the responsible thing to do. And I also feel like it's just a way to I actually feel better when I do it. And I feel like a flake when I don't. So I, there's some sort of a intrinsic, maybe also a self-respect. You know, hmm. I respect, I respect that I'm taking my life seriously when I do that. And if I don't, I kind of judge myself as winging it. And, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a self-respect angle to it. I like that. I always talk about like investing in yourself, but I like that. Like it's a responsible thing to do and it's, you know, it keeps your self-respect for yourself, you know, that you're, that you are getting up early and investing yeah. in yourself. Those, those are different angles. I like that. Yeah. And sometimes, I, you know, when we're, when we struggle and we don't win, it's easy to accept that because we think, well, you didn't deserve to win because you didn't do the work. Right. And when you do the work, I feel like it's a little easier to say, yeah, I, I do the work because I expect to win. And I'm going to go back to one thing you said about the reading your goals. Cause I have, I have something to add to that that might be helpful to uh, my audience is I do the same thing. So I've got like a printout of my goals and my affirmations. And so I'll read that regularly. I also have a section and this goes back to the comparing yourself to people in the gratitude practice. Mm-hmm. I also have a section of, of things that I'm proud of that I've accomplished throughout my yeah. 40, almost 44 years on this planet. 
And so, and that list evolves, you know, like as I accomplish new things, I'll update it and print out a new version. And so it's kind of three things, reading my affirmations, reading my goals just to remind myself as to what I said was important. And then reading what I've accomplished just to remind myself that it's easy to forget, right? Because we're all busy and you forget yeah. what the last, what, what you've done up to this point, especially if it's like yeah. 15, 20 years ago. And so I, th- I yeah. feel like that's helped too, for, you know, so I wanted to share that. No, I love that. And um, that uh, is something that doesn't happen naturally for most entrepreneurs because we're so forward focused. We don't spend much time thinking about things we already accomplished, right? Yeah. That's great. So Seth, I want I want to tap into your brain a little bit because uh, you've got a lot of experience with business. Um, first thought I had was I want to ask you, I, I just don't know how easy this is to answer, but because I know you from the mastermind, you've got a good grasp of like the finance end of business, like working out deals, all the stuff to me that seems very, very complicated. I'm not trying to butter, your, butter you up here. I'm just being okay. honest. Like a lot of the stuff that's yeah. very complicated to me, like my, maybe my brain doesn't really go that way. Yeah. So I guess my question is, are you wired that way? Or if, if not, what did you do to teach yourself that? Obviously experience, but is there anything yeah. like books or courses or anything you can share that would teach people... <clears throat> the business side of business, like the real nitty gritty details of working at deals and this and that. You do you know what I'm trying to say? I do. Yeah, I do. Okay. So I think part of what I try to re- remind people is um, I've been working on an idea lately. I call it the aligned leader, but it kind of starts with understanding your own temperament. And sometimes uh, people are so oriented in one direction that they just kind of naturally have blind spots in, in other disciplines. They're really strong in one and, and you know, nobody's strong in all of them, right? And so I would argue, I feel the same way when you start talking about digital media and things. I'm just like, dang, you know, I've, I'm super impressed. But you've developed muscles there and you had an interest there and you've got all this experience. So sure. I think some of it is just natural inclinations towards, hey, are you a detailed person? Are you kind of quick and creative, which is more my personality style. And so, so there's that. And, and, and I will also say one thing I will say I have done, and, and I would say I'm pretty proud of it, is I have put myself in positions to learn many times at the expense of even short-term opportunity. So I've gone to work with an investment banking firm making 36 grand a year after I'd already sold a business for you know literally millions of dollars. But I took this job because I wanted to be around people and because I, I realized I had a gap in actual finance. You know, I was good at sales. I could communicate well. I understood an industry that I was in telecom, but I just, I judged myself as not having a grip on finance. And to this day, I still do not enjoy accounting, even though I have a consulting firm with a CFO, publicly traded CFO lady on our team who does accounting. I don't enjoy accounting. I understand it, but I don't enjoy it. But uh, I, but at the investment banking firm, I learned about how to structure the finances of companies, which is different than accounting. And I had already sold a business, and then we were in the job of helping sell other businesses. So I got to see deal structures. And then over time, having sold a few more businesses and then help other companies sell or buy businesses, you know, you just, you just learn things. And it's like anything else, Ryan, is that there's a, there's a lingo that you pick up on over time. You know, there's a set of 
elements that are present pretty much in every deal, but they're called different things. And um, it's just something that uh, comes with, with practice and intention. Fortunately, there are some really good resources out there. I, I think one of the areas that I'm really interested in right now is establishing a holding company, mm-hmm. which is how do I have a something that sits over the top of the consulting company, the finance company I have, and the investments I have. And so I'm in the process now of kind of learning about holding companies. Like how do you think about them? What's the tax advantage? Who's doing it well? That kind of stuff. And so whenever I find an area where I have an interest or a need, I've been willing in the past to kind of throw time and money and even join a company if I had to, to learn it. But it's all learnable. There's that quote, everything is figure outable. But you may figure out in the beginning of that process that it's actually something you don't like and you change your mind, right? So. I love that takeaway of like the fact that you went to work for an investment banking firm for, for not a lot of money just to learn the ins and outs. Because you're right. It's like sometimes I find myself getting in the habit of reading too many books and I have to remember like it doesn't yeah. really – feels good, but it doesn't really do anything unless you're actually learning something and taking action. And so like that, yeah. you kind of threw yourself right into the, into the chaos to learn it all. It also reminds me of, I was listening to, you know, Alex Ramosi, because we talk about him a little bit in yeah. the mastermind, but he was talking in his recent podcast ep- episode, he was talking about stop reading so many books, just pick like yeah. a handful of really, really good books that are important that marry up to your goals and just keep yeah. on reading them, reading them, reading them, reading them until you like master them until the point where you could teach it, you know? So yeah. that was interesting perspective. You know, and it's funny, I, I've literally done that. The book I refer the most people to is called The Advantage by Patrick Lencioni. And hmm. I've literally talked to trees around the topics that are in there, even though he's got a full-blown certification and blah, 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 that I've never done. But I've just internalized it so much because it's very simple. It's very understandable and approachable for the leaders that, that I like. And you're the second person in the last two or three days that I've heard utter the phrase, quit reading so many books, just pick a few and, and take action rather than telling yourself you need more knowledge, right? Talk about reading less books, but I am going to, I'm going to read the advantage. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you. I'm with you. And I, you know, I listened like I, I have never read Atomic Habits by James Clear, but I just started reading some of his stuff recently. And I'm like, wow, he's really good. I think I'm going to read that book. You know? So I kind of wait for them to sneak up on me. I mean, he's got like 80,000 five-star reviews or some ridiculous number on uh, yeah. Amazon. So I'm like, okay, well, yeah. obviously there's something to this book. Well, Seth, this was excellent. Our time is up here. If uh, people want to connect with you and learn more, where should we send them? You know, they can just hit cathedralconsulting.com. It's much easier than remembering how to spell Seth Bueckley, but um, I'm always glad to connect and be a resource. It's something that gives me a lot of joy. So thank you for uh, introducing me to your audience. And I appreciate all that you've done for me walking alongside you in the mastermind this last couple of years. And thanks for having me on your, your show. Yeah. Thanks, Seth. Great job. Hi, brother. Thanks for listening to the Morning Upgrade Podcast. Please subscribe and review. And don't forget to visit us at morningupgrade.com for more content.